Everybody, <laughs> welcome to Revved Up for Sunday. We are the clergy of St. Mark's Episcopal Church in New Canaan, Connecticut. I'm Peter Walsh. I'm Elizabeth Garnsey. I'm Justin Crisp. What we do once a week is we take a look at the readings for the Sunday that is coming up. And this one, we have a doozer. We have Jesus laying out the law of love. You know what? We almost never, ever hear it because mm-hmm. it's so far late in Epiphany. Mm-hmm. So let's take a look and see what the Lord has to say. Wooey! It's a corker. Luke six twenty seven to 38, Jesus said, I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. But love your enemies, do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put in your lap. For the measure you give will be the measure you get back. The Gospel of the Lord. Wow. <laughs> it's a good one. It is a good one. And it's true, we all almost never hear it. We almost hear it. So the reason, uh, for those of you in TV land here, uh, is this. Uh, this season of Epiphany is based on the Easter date, and Easter is late this year, so the season of Epiphany is longer. Only every three years do we come through the Lucan passage of this Sermon on the Plain. This is the seventh Sunday of Epiphany, and we hardly ever get to the seventh Sunday of Epiphany. So this question of love your enemies, which is in Matthew in particular, uh, uh, particularly strong in Matthew, uh, we hardly ever get Luke's understanding of pulling it out and and Mm -hmm. what does it all mean. So this is a very important passage and a Mm -hmm. very difficult passage, uh, but we hardly ever hear it. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's good to to wrestle with it, Mm -hmm. contend with it. It, And it's nice to hear on the heels of it, the transfiguration next week where, you know, the the voice from heaven says, this is my son, listen to him. him. (laughs) It's a pretty uh, fine point to put on this hard teaching. Yeah. Just I was just going to say, this, this is the one that the eighth graders, when I read it with them in confirmation class, they always go, who would live that way? Who would tell anybody to live that way? Because, you know, they, they, um, 
they approach the text and they take Jesus at his word, you know, right. which I, I find really refreshing because I often take Jesus at kind of his word. Because, <laughs> uh, you know, I've, I, I think that the more time that you spend with these texts, the more interpretations you lay upon them and they kind of lose the knife's edge of them. And so mm. the confirmants, these eighth graders, are hearing the story for, you know, you could say like it's within the first 25 times probably that they've heard it. You know, if they've grown sure. up in Sunday school, they might have heard it a couple times in church. For some of them, it may be like the fifth time, the third time, or even the first time that they've really heard this stuff in this way. And they're like, love my enemies, do good to people who hate me, bless people who curse me, pray for people who abuse me, turn the other cheek. Mm. The one that really gets them is if if anybody takes away your coat, don't withhold your shirt. Mm-hmm. If anybody mm-hmm. steals from you, if anybody takes away your goods, don't ask from them again. Mm. They're like, am I not supposed to call the police? <laughs> I, you know, it's a, it's a radical way of being in the world that Jesus is describing. Mm-hmm. And the kids hear it as just as radical yeah. as I think it, it actually is. Right. They get it. I mean, we have the golden rule, which is it looks so good in needlepoint and on a bumper <laughs> sticker. But it's Jesus is really spelling out what it means. You know, um, do to others as you would have them do to you. But um, we don't really go as far as to break it down the way Jesus does here. And it's incredibly hard. And it is what sets Jesus' teaching apart from all the other, mm-hmm. you know, philosophical love teachings and everything. I mean, love your enemies is completely against the way of the world, right. um, you know, which turns on ret- retributive justice and that violence and um, eye for an eye and mm-hmm. all that and just punishment. So it offers a way out of that whole cycle. Um, you know, back to my favorite Girardian teaching is like Jesus breaks the cycle of violence and offers us a way to do the same, but this yeah. is what it looks like. And that is why it's so hard. And people like Desmond Tutu, you know, people put in in, in the place of trying to reconcile warring tribes, mm-hmm. literally, uh, he succeeded in, in doing that with the Truth and Reconciliation Commission and, and putting aside judgment and having enemies face each other and talk. Mm-hmm. You know, Tutu said, if you want peace, don't talk to your friends, talk to your enemies. And, um, you know, I think we saw have a modern day example of what can happen when people decide to follow this way and not, and not an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yeah. But it's radical. So I I love this passage. I can't believe we don't hear it more often. I mean, it really deserves a second look in the lectionary to to revise it. I mean, yeah. it's it's probably the most important teaching in the Gospels in terms of how to live as a disciple of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a powerful statement, but it would be hard to argue against what you just said. Yeah. So I I, I mean I think this uh, you've used the term radical. You've used the term radical, and it is crazy radical. Uh, and and it, I think it's so radical that it actually, it's, it's no offense, it's not actually about the golden rule, right? So the right. golden rule, mm-hmm. so you've, you've named it. So the first law is reciprocity, right? Mm-hmm. You punch me, okay, you got, I punch you, you got punch me, right? You know, that's, that's, that's what you call reciprocity. <laughs> oh, actually, right? here, 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 uh, yeah, punch yeah, yeah, me yeah, on exactly, the other arm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we, we're going to get to that turn the other cheek thing in a second here. So the, the first one is, is reciprocal, you know, reciprocal <clears throat> justice, right? right. And, yep. then, and then we get the golden rule, which is either in the negative, mm-hmm. do not do to your neighbor what you don't want them to do. And then mm-hmm. we get here the positive 
negative, mm-hmm. you know, which is do, mm-hmm. not not do not, but to do, do to your neighbor what you would want them to do to you. But this is even, this even goes one step farther, which is, this is actually uh, do to your neighbor what God does to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this actually takes the golden rule and says, eh, it's not, you know, <laughs> right. so, and this is, now we've got, this isn't, you know, we talk about the imitation of, of, of Christ, mm-hmm. one of the most famous devotional uh, books of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the imitation of God, mm-hmm. right? And so, and we're, and we're told yeah. by Luke that the number one, uh, the number one um, attribute of God is mercy. Mm-hmm. And so be merciful as your Father in heaven is, is merciful, just as your Father is merciful here. Mm-hmm. And, and so then he lays out what is mercy. Well, do not judge uh, do not condemn, you know, uh, forgive as you've been forgiven. And then that whole thing about the, the basket. The, the, so that, that's a measuring basket for those of you who are not clear what the heck that's all about. And in the basket, uh, you, just as we have measuring cups, you, you put your grain in the basket. Well, mm-hmm. this is grain that's been pressed down. It's been shaken, so there's more room. And then it's still running over. So that's what you're getting here. You're getting mm-hmm. more than your measure. But not only are we to act like God, there is a hidden thing in here that is, you want to talk about it like a wah, the wah in here is actually hidden, okay? Um, forgiven, you will be forgiven. There's an if-then clause <laughs> based in the bottom of this. Mm-hmm. This is like in the Lord's Prayer, figure us as we forgive. There's a whole thing here, which is, God is God's judgment is overflowing, but God is going to treat you as you've treated your fellow humans. This is a far more complicated piece than than it even appears, hmm. you know, in the second or third reading. This is really filled with challenge, challenge, hmm. and challenge. This hmm. is straight up. You get on the radical boat, or it ain't. You're 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 not hmm. following God's way. It's, really it's hard to it's hard to piece read. That. That's incredible. Hmm. Yeah, that's a big statement too. That you know, God will treat you the way that you treat others. Because it hmm. sort of that's says what that, it says. <laughs> doesn't say that above though. It says He's kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. But it, then it goes on to say that. But then that. it says what I mean. It's but got it, both these things. I almost read this as a karma type of lesson that, mm-hmm. you know, if you put that bread out on the water, that's what's going to come out back to you. Mm-hmm. But um, it's hard to say that God will forgive you. But if you forgive, it's more likely your fellow man will forgive you. It's like extending the, the olive branch. I don't know. Mm. I would. I would just. So we're ten minutes yeah. in. We just got the ten minute sign, and we are. We are. We have. We've got some internal inconsistencies yeah, in the in the scriptures here, all of which pushes <clears throat> farther than we want to go. You're the theologian right. in residence. You sort this out in a timely manner for these people. Uh, <clears throat> I think you guys should turn the other cheek. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just. I'm I'm raising a question. This is the best thing about this podcast. Um, <laughs> so I. I'll say, I'm going to try to agree with both of you at the same time. Um, I think that the most important line of this passage, not most, okay, that's not right. The, the key to unlocking this passage is you will be children of the Most High, as well as be merciful just as your Father is merciful. So I, I, I totally agree with you, Peter. This is about the imitation of God, yeah. and it's somehow rooted in the being of God. And so um, uh, Rowan Williams, former Archbishop of Canterbury, is writing about um, writing about Rene Girard, of, of whom um, I, is a literary critic who talked a lot about the cycle of violence, of whom Reverend Elizabeth is like one of the world's best interpreters. No, uh, and I, I, oh, totally, yeah, go with it, go with it, I, yeah. With it. I, and 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 I also I also think Girard is right, and so does Rowan Williams. And Rowan Williams says that what's going on in Jesus is that the divine life of the Trinity is turned into a human being, and this is what it looks like if you have a human being who is the perfect expression of the divine mode of life. 
And mm. the divine mode of life is self-giving, unconditional love all the way down. Mm-hmm. And so what it means for the Trinity to be the Trinity this is the reason, for instance, that in, um, in the first letter of John, mm-hmm. uh, it, God is love. It's not God is loving. Love is not an attribute of God. It's not like God is kind, God is merciful. God is love is in like God is love in God's being. The is there is really strong. What it means for God to be God is to be love. And it's this love which is the Father giving all that the Father is and has to the Son, and the Son giving all that the Son has and is back to the Spirit and the Father, or to the Father in the Spirit, and the Spirit doing the same for them. It's this cycle of self-giving, reciprocal love, where this is the stuff in the creeds where it's talking about, you know, the Spirit proceeds from the Father and the Son, or uh, the Son is the only begotten Son of the Father, etc. It's the, the ideas of these Trinitarian processions, that what it means for the, for the persons of the Trinity to be persons means that they are constituted, they are born, as it were, by being given life from the other two. And so you've got this self-giving, perfect love, which is constantly spilling over into these other persons in this incredible, super resplendent, unbelievably full cycle of self-giving love. That's what you see in Jesus. Jesus is what it looks like for a human being to live in that way. And so what happens? He lives a life of radical unretaliation. He doesn't fight back. I mean, I love it in some of the Gospels during his trial scenes. He doesn't say a word. He just doesn't, he doesn't even answer. He's just there as though he's trying to love the people who are putting him on trial. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. he's still giving himself mm-hmm. to them. Um, even though it means he is going to end up dead. Mm-hmm. And this way of life, this is what it looks like for God's way of life. That perfect, constant, self-giving love to be turned into a human life. And yeah, it might mean you get totally hosed from time to time. The command to love your enemies is shocking. Um, you know, my teacher, um, Miroslav Wolf, was very involved during a particular season of his career in interfaith dialogue, particularly with Jews and Muslims. And one of the things that came out of these dialogues was how much the religions, these Abrahamic religions, have in common. We have a great deal, uh, you know, not just our ethical teachings, but our, our beliefs about God in common. But the difference that kept coming to the fore is the uniqueness of the love the love ethic in Christianity because it's so extreme. Mm-hmm. Love your enemies. Mm-hmm. No other religion, no other philosophy says love your enemies. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's this, um, I think it has to do with Christian beliefs about God, this unconditional self-giving love over and over and over and over and over. You turn that into a human life and it's a human life where Jesus loves his enemies to the end. And yeah, Jesus gets hosed. And then on the other side of getting hosed, there's new life. Mm-hmm. And that's the, 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 a good measure pressed down, shaken together, running over, etc. So when I read, forgive and you will be forgiven, I think that what that means is you've got to put yourself into the flow of God's own life. And so it's not quite tit for tat. It's not like God is tallying up, okay, well, I've, I haven't forgiven my sister for stealing my Cheerios that one day in Sunday school. Or, you know, I haven't yet forgiven X, Y, or Z for this. I don't think God is keeping a roster necessarily. I think that it's more that when we forgive as God forgives, when we're merciful as God is merciful, we put ourselves in the flow of the Spirit. We align ourselves with the life of God. And so all of these things do come to us. The life of God comes to us because we put ourselves in the midst of that divine flow. That's kind of how I think about it. Not tit for tat. It's more um, you reap the rewards of living a life in God when you live a life in God.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's your divine karma there a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. A little bit. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think of Trinitarian? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Takes us to a new level of discussion. <laughs> uh, it's beautifully said, Justin. I, I find that Jesus is he's really teaching, he's teaching people what it means to follow, and I feel like it's it's bloody hard work. Mm. And um he is speaking to people who are victimized in their time and place. And it assumes that they're the victims and not people who do the hitting and striking and hating and abusing of others. And he's telling them, you might be victims, but you don't need to act like victims. You can take the upper hand, you know, and respond this way, not, not that way. You know, they're not to play dead or whine or like lie down and roll over and be victims, you know. They can respond with this upper hand of proactive love, forgiveness, not judging, you know, reaching out in reconciliation. That's the brave, powerful place to be. And, you know, it reminds me of that this that story that goes around about the monk whose whose village is being taken over by German soldiers and, you know, someone has a gun to his head while he's praying and and the, the man says, Get up, don't you know I have the power to to shoot you? And mm. the monk sits there, you know, meditating, don't you know I have the power to let you? You know, and he and the man walks, the soldier walks away. But, you know, there is a power in not responding with violence. And I think that that's what is impossible to intellectualize. Um, that has to be taken on faith and then lived out and experienced. And in bravery, like, you know, Martin Luther King, it doesn't always end up right. with this karma in this life. But, you know, it sure spawns a movement and it sure opens a gate for peace and a new way forward and it it costs people but it's for the you know it's for the way of god to reign you know Mm -hmm. yeah kingdom teaching Mm -hmm. yeah it's beautiful and touching and deep touching stories uh i you know when i look at this i so you know i jesus begins uh, i say to you that listen and so the word in greek as you guys know that listen isn't just like you can hear me talking that listen Mm -hmm. uh that word has to do with uh, hearing and doing is all wrapped mm. in that. So this isn't mm. just oh, I, I heard you, I heard you, Dad. I don't, I'm not going to, I'm not going to the store to get milk. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> uh, and and when and when Jesus uses the word uh, love your enemies, you know, in the New Testament when that word is used, uh, this is not like it's not a it's not an emotional word, not a feel word. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this is this is about you know attitude and mode. And, and Jesus then mm-hmm. says, so you're you're you begin with your attitude. And then he lays out how does how does that attitude lived out? Well, it's lived out in word, right? Uh, where we get a bless and pray for, and then it's lived out in deed, where we get a do good, and then we get the 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 the, the turn your cheek, uh, offer your clothing, uh, give to everyone. So mm-hmm. he's covering the gamut from yeah. uh, attitude, and the attitudeness is even if you do not like these people. Right, they're your enemy. So by definition, it's an oxymoron. Love your enemies is a complete oxymoron. Right. You, you, your enemies you don't love, right? So mm-hmm. to love your enemies is this mm-hmm. is to say that uh, you may not like these people, but you are going to you with your will, you're going to will good for them. You're going to mm-hmm. will godliness for them, mm-hmm. and then you're going to not only will that, you're going to put that into action through through prayer, through uh, and through deed. 
that that's that that this is the the reason that we shouldn't lose this in the seventh Sunday of Epiphany is that Jesus gives us a fighting shot with a highbrow statement mm-hmm. to see what does how does that get lived out, and mm-hmm. this runs of course completely counter to human nature. Mm-hmm. This is this is God nature yeah. stuff. Right, the whole thing is God nature stuff, and you're right. I'm going to agree with you that the most, the key line, in the whole thing is be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. That's the that's the key line. That's the, the on that is, mm-hmm. and and I agree that God is love. This is God is merciful. This is part of the being of Godness. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but as you said, this is how this is lived out in our life, and that you've given us a, a brilliant example. Mm-hmm. And then you have that. How about the chapter uh, or the paragraph? And I know we're going to run out of time uh, here, but I must say that the second portion of this. You know, uh, where he says, um, you know, what good is it? Uh, what credit is it to you? And, and, and you know, I even sinners do that. What, three times we get this rhetorical question. Mm-hmm. And all I can think of is my one of my other great loves, the Sopranos. Uh-huh. You know, right. I mean. Uh, I've been waiting for the Sopranos, the Sopranos to come Sopranos in here. The Sopranos makes its way to the podcast. <laughs> you know, I mean, Tony Soprano, he does love his kids, right? Uh, uh, and mm-hmm. so, but, you know, you know, even I feel like this is saying, hey. Even Tony Soprano does this. Even Tony Soprano. That's even what Tony Jesus Soprano. says. Is Jesus is saying even Tony Soprano does this stuff. What, what credit is that? It's mm. great. I have to say, I think that the, it is an incredibly tall order. It is incredibly radical. It's to live a life as a human being, which is like the life of God. And I think, Elizabeth, you, you've actually you got it. Uh, people who live in this way are irresistible to me, right? Mm-hmm. Martin Luther King Jr., Archbishop Tutu, I will say there are people in our parish mm-hmm. who tell us, who share with us the stories of their lives and tell us when they turn the other cheek, mm-hmm. when they try to love their enemy instead of retaliating. Mm-hmm. And I can't share these stories with you all, but I wish that you knew about the holiness of the people of God, right? Mm-hmm. You know it when you see it, and it's contagious. Mm-hmm. I don't think that this is the, the thing that I tell my confirmands is that this is not something you're going to be able to reason your way to, okay? There's no way to start here and think, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Instead, I think you see people who are living in this way, right? And people who say the the cycle of violence stops with me, the buck stops here, and they're magnetic mm-hmm. because they look like God. Exactly, that's beautifully said. So we're coming to the end. Do you have a final word here? I feel like I heard it just now. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I really do. I love that. I love that too. I love that too. I love what you both said here, even though I tried to give you a hard time. See if you turn the other cheek. <laughs> hey, we're so glad that you, you stayed with us and we love it. If you would be in touch with it, whether or not you would subscribe to our, our podcast, reach out to us this way, share the gospel. Also, do want you to know that we are having something known as Revved Up for Sunday Maranatha House Churches during Lent. Lent is the time where we gather house churches, we gather as groups. Uh, and in that, we're going to use the Sunday gospel coming. We're going to use these conversations uh, as the fodder for further conversations amongst the good people of God, many of whom are seriously holy. So God bless you. Thanks for hanging in there with us. Peace be with you. Don't forget, love your enemies. Oh, 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 oh,